Welcome to The Read Along, a mini book club for your ears, a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown, community supported. I'm your host, Scott. I'm your other host, Anita. And join us on a journey through a good book, one, one chapter, chapter at, at a time. Hosted by Andrew Paul and Lisa Pruden, the Well Endowed podcast explores the impact of passionate people who are working to make Edmonton a strong, vibrant city to live in. The Edmonton Community Foundation helps people create endowment funds. The podcast tells the stories of how these endowments intersect with the community. You can check them out right now at thewellendowedpodcast.com. Everything's getting back to normal here at Shea Read Along, for the most part. Uh, kind of, sort of. We're, we're almost there. We're working on it. Yeah. After a, a rough couple weeks, <laughs> things are starting to trend upward. Yeah. Like, I'm pretty sure I said it last episode. Don't don't get sick as a family. No. That is, that is a terrible idea. Yeah. That's uh, definitely not the best way to go about being <laughs> sick when you have young children. Goodness, no. Just to all be sick at the same time. We're getting there. Bit by bit. We're getting better. Yeah. Yeah. Sort of one at a time and with various relapses, we'll be okay. Feeling a little better going into this week's episode, yeah. which will probably also be a shorter one because it's a pretty short chapter. Yeah, it's a, it was a quick read this week. But uh, with that said, I guess we'll, we'll just segue right into our recap of our previous episode in which our group makes it to the flight deck. Uh, Tamsin has a total breakdown. Oh, yeah. Forcing Reyna to jury-rig the airlock to jettison the extra pod successfully. Have a super creepy moment with Morvan. Mm. And that leads us pretty much into chapter 15 of Screams from the Void by Ann Tibbetts. So we regroup in the mid-deck. Reyna feels relief no longer being alone in a abattoir yeah. uh, with Morvan. Honestly, being alone in a small space with Morvan, dead bodies or no, this is horrible. Tamsin is still in shock and not really responsive. Abram is trying to keep her calm or calm her down. Niall is like, what the heck happened up there? And Morvan's just like, eh, she freaked out because there's a bunch of dead bodies up there. And Reyna's like, eh, you didn't mention the fact where you struck her, but... Yeah, we just slapped her right across the face like a jerk. That now is maybe not the time to bring it up. And so the crew at this juncture sets about trying to figure out what the next step is. Because they've managed to get rid of the extra pod. So there's only one monster on board. Yeah, okay, step one. <laughs> Done. Yeah. They... Don't mention at this moment that they sent out a distress signal, or even, as per Morvan's original plan, just say the captain had already set it off. So, yeah, they didn't even bring it up. Yeah. We don't we don't talk about the distress signal. Didn't come up, not going to mention it. Um, and Morvan's basically just like, we go back to plan A, we arm up, we go kill that thing. And Avram's like, um, hold your boots there, bud, because uh, that got everyone else killed. So maybe it's time to come up with a new plan. I say we trap it. And Raina's like, that's what I said that earlier. That was my idea. <laughs> but she's agreeing with, with him at this point. And Morvan is not. He's like, trap it where? With what? How? So people start kind of 
brainstorming. Like, well, where could we trap it? Could we trap it maybe in the escape pod and shoot that off into space? And that gets kind of shut down with, well, then we wouldn't be able to use the escape pod. Yeah. Uh, someone's like, well, what about we get it on the shuttle and we shoot the shuttle off into space? And unfortunately, no external controls. You'd have to be in the yeah. ship with the Someone Kepler. would have to be in there with it. And I don't think anyone's going to volunteer for that. No, that's a suicide mission. What about the airlock? Could we get it into the airlock and then shoot it out into space that way? Well, we just kind of broke the airlock. And the airlock cycles. It takes time. Yeah, I was going to say, long. that's a long time. Yeah. They're kind of running out of rooms at this point. And then Avram actually hits upon, well, what if we used the sleeping bay? Because it's actually largely separated from the rest of the ship because it's effectively like the panic room of the, sh of the ship. Yeah, more or less. We're right? supposed to go hide out in there when we're passing through the asteroid field to avoid micrometeorites. We never do it because the captain is lax on regulations. But, I mean, it's largely isolated from the rest of the ship. There's only two ways in, the front door and the vent. Yeah. And if we seal the vent, that leaves only one way in. Yeah, as opposed to a lot of the other rooms with multiple air vents. Or entrances or exits. Or lots yeah. of doors, right? This one is kind of isolated. They, you're, like, like you said, they can block the vent and Reyna can rig the doors. So that it quick releases. So that they can just slam it shut, basically. Well, quick in air quotes. Yeah. <laughs> Tamsin, who's starting to come out of it a little bit, is like, well, then where are we going to sleep? <laughs> I read that line and in the back of my head, I was like, who cares? Anywhere. Anywhere else. Yeah. <laughs> make something. But Niall and Avram, at the very least, are both like, this is a good idea. This is a sound plan. Well, we can do this. It's it's the best one they've got, at yeah. least, for sure. And Morvin's kind of grumbly. He's definitely more of the opinion that they should go kill the thing, but he's willing to at least back down to the majority of the group here, who are all saying, no, this is a sound idea. It was kind of weirdly satisfying for me to have this discussion. Because Morvin has gone through all sorts of cockamamie schemes to be in charge, and yet no one really wants to follow him. Well, it's more than that. He accidentally set precedents that they're going by majority rules now, because he got the rest of the group to agree that he should be in charge over Nile, and now the rest of the group has agreed this plan is better than his plan. But because the precedent has been set... He can't really say anything. Yeah. It's <laughs> because that would undermine his own having been elected the quote unquote leader. Right? And you can tell that it bugs him. Oh yeah. But like, he, he wants... also recognizes there's not much he can do about it. No, not really. Because he's not acting like a leader. No. He's acting like a dictator. And then a little further in my notes, he's actually a tyrant wannabe. But the only way to be a tyrant, as opposed to a wannabe, is to have the people below you be genuinely afraid of you. And they're not afraid of him. They hate him. There's a difference. Mm. And it's not going to work in his favor. Uh, I would say Reyna's probably rightfully a little afraid of him, but... She's probably the only one who's got, like, a genuine fear. Everyone else is just distasteful. Yeah. So armed with a plan, uh, the group heads over to the sleep chamber... And Reyna sets to work trying to get it jury-rigged so that she can quick release it. And it takes time. It takes longer, in fact, than she might hope. And partly because time. Partly because Morvan is off in the corner grumbling the whole time. Like a whiny baby. And Tamsin is still getting calmed down. And Avram gets her talking about stuff to keep her mind off of all of the stresses that are affecting her. But eventually, she manages to get the thing so that it can slam shut on a remote. The problem is, the remote doesn't have much range. No, so they need to be 
right next door, which is still in the danger zone. Yeah. About, what, four meters? Yeah. I think. And the closest room to that is basically the showers slash prep room yeah. for uh, EVA. Morvin's just like, well, then I guess that's our option. Like, well, yeah. That's what we have to do. Further to that, they also need some bait. Yeah, this is this is the next part of the plan. How do we get the creature inside the trap? Yeah, Raina's first instinct, and this is really quite heroic of her, actually, is, well, I could do it because I'm pretty fast. I could try to lure it in, jump out, slam it shut. And I'd be right here, so it would be a really fast thing. But then she thinks, oh, no, there's too many variables, and I could die. <laughs> yeah, and I don't want to die. But kudos to her. Her knee-jerk reaction is, well, I'll volunteer. It's my plan. It's my idea. I'm not going to risk everybody else. I'll do the thing. But then sober second thought, that's actually incredibly dangerous. There might be a better way. Yeah, probably. And of course, nobody else is volunteering either. Well, no, because no one wants to die. No. They're trying to survive for a reason. Morvin does suggest a somewhat reasonable option here. Yeah, but he didn't think it all the way through. And you can no. tell because he's immediately shot down by Avram. Yeah. But I mean, on the surface, well, I mean, we've got all this other meat on board right now. Because it's already killed a bunch of dudes. We could just throw someone who's already dead in there, and then it's no risk to us. And, I mean, it's grim, and Niall rightly is like, I'm not going to let someone desecrate the bodies of my fellow crew members, but Morvin's not wrong here. It's well, it's a resource that they have. Yes, it is, but it's not completely thought out. No. Because, as Avram points out, and rightly so, I agree with him, because mm -hmm. it's the first thing I thought of as well, those bodies have already been stripped of all the... Food. Yeah. Whatever all it is of, the Kepler's doing All of doing the parts that the Kepler wants. Yeah. So it, he's it's probably not going to be attracted to its leftovers. Well, that's true at the very least with the flight crew. We don't know that that's necessarily the case with Gala's body, because it only took off with her head. And we don't know where Valda or Osric are at the moment. That's true. So... It's possible that they haven't been consumed, but they don't know where the other two officers are. They don't know if Pollux is dead or where she is. And Gala's body could have been consumed in the interim. We don't know. Well, the Kepler has also not been seen for a little while Which now. is something that I'm going to circle back to. So it might be already have, it might have already have snacked. Yeah. On our other crewmates. For sure. Which sucks. Fortunately, Niall, as the cook, does have a suggestion. <laughs> We got spam. I mean, okay, do you think it'll work? I mean, maybe. It's food. Yeah? It's meat. Yeah? And it's better than nothing. It Yes? And you could maybe gussy it up. They could potentially bring a corpse down, put some spam in it, see if maybe that attracts the creature. Oh, maybe. I didn't think about baiting the bait inside other bait. Yes, baiting it's, the bait inside of the bait. I mean, it's all gross. Or it could just be a pile of spam. I don't know what exactly he's uh, he's suggesting here. Because really the big question is, do aliens like spam? Well, the alien definitely eats meat. Yeah. Well, soft tissues. It went for like eyes, eyes and brains and hearts and lungs and organs. and I don't know that it consumed like the muscle per se. No, it, it seemed to go after soft tissue. But still... It's a better plan than nothing. Oh, yeah. And it's certainly better than using, you know, a living, breathing crew member as a sacrifice. Yeah. They're also, however, operating under the impression that the Kepler is really dumb. And Avram has already suggested that it might not be as stupid as they think. It might not be mere animal intelligence. No. Could be smarter than that. Maybe. It seemed to know how to kill someone very effectively. That could be instinct. That could be intelligence. Hard to tell. Yeah. And if they're trying really to know. bait it with spam and it's smart... 
It's not going to fall for that. Is this going to be like the weird space version of the kitchen scene in Jurassic Park where we have to cleverly trick some velociraptors I mean, in maybe. space? <laughs> maybe. maybe. I don't, don't know. know. Also, there's there's a second hazard here, which nobody comments on, but I picked up on, and that is sabotage. Oh. Morvin really wants to kill the Kepler, and I wouldn't put it past him to scuttle the plan so that they have to do his plan. I didn't think of that. Now, I'm not saying he will do that. I'm just not putting it past him doing that. I wouldn't put it past him either. Because it's not his plan and it's not the way he wants this to go down. Again, not saying he will do that. I'm just, I wouldn't put it past him. Doing <laughs> You're that. saying that he could do that. Yeah. And you would go, of course he did. Yeah. I wouldn't even be surprised. No. Actually, I wouldn't either. He's that kind of terrible. Yeah. He's very selfish that Ugh, way. Worst. Speaking of Morvin, <laughs> we are then led to another flashback. Uh, this time to the fight yeah, that so Morvin even... and Reyna had that Pollux overheard. Yeah, so now we're going even further back. This is the fight that led to the beating that we've already read about. Yeah, this is nine months yeah. ago. We kind of learn the context. And ultimately, it stems from the fact that Morvin got some bad news about his dad. Apparently, his dad died. And Morvin... Rightly or not, we don't know the details. No. We, we might learn those in a future flashback. But he perceives his dad having died in a cowardly fashion, and this informs so much of his complex right Oh, now. goodness, yes. Oh, the armchair psychology that went off in my brain. Yeah, he, he was Ugh. already not a good person from the sounds of it, and this just, like, further ruined him. <laughs> oh, yeah. Ugh. I wish I had... The actual clinical name for the type of broken that Morvin is. Like, I don't know what his, I don't know if it's a personality disorder or a behavioral something. I don't know. I wish I was more educated so that I could say so. But this ruined him. And suddenly he is suspicious of everybody else because he thinks they're all laughing at him. Yeah, he's trying to keep it on the DL that, Whatever happened to his dad happened. He confided in Reyna, obviously, because they were together at the time. And now he's paranoid that she's gone and blabbed it to everyone else. And she hasn't. No, of course she hasn't. Because she's not going to betray his trust that way. And she knows the kind of person he is. But he's convinced that that's the case. And that everybody's, as you say, laughing at him behind his back. This builds to a confrontation that Pollux overhears and catches them having this fight. Orders Morvin to his room, basically. Calls in, calls in the captain. It leads to the beating, which leads to the disciplinary hearing, I should say. Well, yeah. it's The point is, it's the beginning of the chain of awful. Yeah. Hard to say what happened to his dad. Could be anything. I don't know. I get the impression his dad was probably in the Space Corps. I get the impression that Morvin is like, it's in the family. Family military? Yeah. yeah. Could be wrong, but that's kind of my read on it. But it's interesting that he perceives him having died a coward's death, and now he's very adamant that he's going to be the hero here. He's determined to kind of, in a way, I suppose, redeem the family name or something. Which is weird. It's a weird complex, for sure. I, it, yeah. It seems so strange to me uh, that this weird complex in his brain is now coupled with his own paranoia, mm -hmm. and it's just creating a horrible soup of horrible. Yeah. He's the worst. All right. Are you ready for some armchair psychology? I thought we already were doing some. You ready for more armchair psychology? Sure. I do not believe I'm being helped by this session. Classic transference. Your anger toward me is, in fact, the animosity you feel toward your father. Okay. So I was thinking a lot 
about Pollux in comparison to Morven. Because remember our conversation earlier about Pollux, about this weird complex that she's given herself? Yeah. All that negative self-talk, et cetera, et cetera. Stemming, I assume, from a childhood trauma of some kind. Well, presumably because she was negged by her mother constantly. Well, yeah, but you know what I mean, right? It's clearly a childhood something that started early on. Yeah. It would not surprise me at all to find out that Morvin had something similar. Because usually uh, behavioral patterns like this stem from something traumatic in childhood. Well, not necessarily. It can be learned behavior too just from being in a toxic environment. Yeah. But again, it usually comes from childhood. Yeah. Right? It usually starts early. So there's this interesting parallel between the two of them where they both come from some manner of rough beginning. But we like Pollux and we hate Morven. So what's the difference? My answer would be partly because Pollux doesn't take her issues out on other people. That's exactly it. <laughs> Morven externalizes where Pollux internalizes. Neither of those things are healthy. Oh, definitely not. But the difference is in relation to other people, right? Pollux is capable of forming healthy relationships with other people because they are not the problem. She is the problem, right? That's how her brain works. Yeah. Whereas Morvan, he is not the problem. Everyone else is the problem. Everyone else is the problem. He is incapable of forming healthy relationships. And so we hate him. <laughs> Whereas Pollux, we kind of feel sorry for because she's got all this negative self-talk, but she is capable of like being social with other people, right? So she's on a better foot. Well, it's interesting. Reyna mentions in the flashback that when they get caught, Pollux is glaring at Morvan like she's really seeing him for the first time. And I think she's right. I think that's where the penny drops for Pollux. And she's like, oh, okay. I know who you are now because of my background. Mm -hmm. I, I recognize all of these signs. But at the same time, I also believe Morvan when he said Pollux has always had it out for me because he's the kind of person who would probably rub her the wrong way. Um, and I think that maybe Pollux got a bad impression from him, but didn't necessarily know why until that moment. And then was like, now I know. <laughs> oh, yes. Anyway, that's, that's kind of my read on that situation. Yeah. Mine too, <laughs> more or less. Uh, the problem is Pollux may or may not have accidentally made things worse for Reyna. Oh, Reyna certainly thinks so in that moment. Yeah. Because Reyna's stuck in an abusive relationship. Yep. So, hmm. And we know how it ends. So... Well, no, we don't, because it's still ongoing. Sorry. We know <laughs> we know where that particular incident is going to lead. Yeah. Before we wrap up, there was one other thing. You had mentioned this before, and I said I wanted to circle back to it. Mm -hmm. I haven't seen the Kepler at all in a while. Not in a chapter or two, no. 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 Where is it? I don't know. What's it up to? I have no idea, and I'm scared. Last time we saw it, it was attacking Pollux? Yes. We haven't seen it since. Nor have we seen Pollux since. Also true. Mm. At some point, we're going to cut back to those two, I think. Maybe. Well, it is interesting to me that we have not seen the Kepler at all. It kind of tracks that we sort of leave the scary alien action for a little while and cut back to the crew for a period of time. So, I don't know. We left Pollux for a couple chapters before, too. It's true. And she came out of that. So, I don't know. Being a main character, I don't think she's dead. But... The last time we saw her, a very scary razor alien was jumping at her face, yeah. so it does not bode well. I just I just don't feel like her story's done yet. Oh, I don't think it is either. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. 
So um, I guess with that said, we'll uh, maybe see perhaps as soon as next chapter. Who knows? We haven't read it yet. <laughs> we will. But you can read up on that. That would be chapter 16 in time for next week. In the meantime, you know, a lot of people getting injured on this starship. <laughs> We've said before, Space Corps better have some good insurance going on and uh, <laughs> probably some, some decent benefits for its people. Probably doesn't, though, because apparently astronauts are a dime a dozen. But anyway, uh, if you are running a business, probably people aren't a dime a dozen for you, and you might want to offer them benefits. Here in Alberta, Alberta Blue Cross does have programs and incentives to help business owners who are looking to uh, provide benefits and insurance to their people, and Anita's going to tell you all about it. This episode of The Read Along is brought to you by Alberta Blue Cross. Life as a business owner can be hectic, to say the least. Alberta Blue Cross understands that. They offer flexible health, dental, life, and disability coverage for your employees. Even better, you can let your staff enroll and manage their coverage at any time and on any device. That makes life easier for them and for you. You've got this when it comes to group coverage for your small business, and Alberta Blue Cross has got your back. To learn more and explore your options, head to ab.bluecross.ca. Alberta Blue Cross. Supporting the Alberta Podcast Network. You can learn more about the network and its sponsors right now by hitting up albertapodcastnetwork.com. Lots of other podcasts there. You can probably, so many. probably find one you like, maybe download it on your podcatcher of choice. Which is probably where you're finding our podcast. Yeah, you can give us a little rating and a review. We'd appreciate it. We'd like to share appreciation with you over the internet via social media. <laughs> Absolutely. We are on the big ones, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Goodreads, which is the extra one. We are at the read along on most of those. Yeah, you can also send us an email. Yes, we are the read along at gmail.com. And with that said, as always, we love you very much. Stay healthy. And we'll see you next time. Don't be terrible like the Space Corps. Thank you for joining us on The Read Along with your hosts, Anita and Scott Bourgeois, a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network. All Read Along music is by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. Cover art is by Aaron Beaver. Be sure to join us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at The Read Along, and check out our group on Goodreads.com. <laughs>